That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up, everyone? It's Dr. Will Cole, and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum, and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free resources there as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. All right, let's get to today's guest. Her name is Danielle Walker. She's a good friend of mine, longtime friend, and I'm so excited for you all to hear this enriching, hopeful and raw conversation that I have with my friend, Danielle Walker. She was diagnosed with an extreme form of ulcerative colitis at 22 years old. Danielle was terrified she'd never be able to eat all the wonderful, great tasting foods she loved growing up or host warm, welcoming gatherings with family and friends. And I know many of my patients have felt the same way at different times on their journey, especially at the beginning. So when the medicine she was prescribed became almost as debilitating as the disease itself, Danielle took matters into her own hands, turned her kitchen into a laboratory, and set to work creating gut-healthy versions of the food she thought she'd never be able to enjoy again. Three New York Times bestselling cookbooks later, Danielle has become a beacon of hope for millions around the world suffering from autoimmune diseases and other inflammatory problems, people with food allergies, food sensitivities, and other chronic ailments. Now for the first time with stunning transparency about the personal toll her illness took on her physically, emotionally, and spiritually, Danielle reflects on everything she's learned during her decade-long journey towards healing, and we get into it in today's conversation, including the connection between gut health and overall well-being, the development of her favorite recipes, and the keys for not only simply surviving her autoimmune disease, but thriving despite it. 
All right, let's get to today's conversation with my friend, Danielle Walker. Danielle Walker, where have you been all my life? It's been too long. <laughs> I know our annual meetups at like conferences and speaking engagements are missing. It's sad. I know. We'll get there again. I know. I know. I believe that. I believe that. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, yes. But I'm excited to at least catch up in this way and, and share the conversation with everybody. And this book, baby of yours, is about to come into the world by the time some people hear this. And I remember you years ago, us talking about this book that you've been working on and putting your heart into, and now it's finally coming out into the world. So let's talk about Food Saved Me. Amazing title. What was the genesis of it? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, well, I am a cookbook author. So this one is completely different. I've been calling it my book book, which, you know, very well, that world. This is the first actual, well, we're calling it a memoir. It's, it's a little more than that. I feel like, but, um, it's my first book that's full of words and not, not (laughs) photos of beautiful food and recipes. Um, so yeah, the title's food saved me. And Probably since I first told you about it, the book has morphed and changed into so much. I ended up keeping the title, even though it felt like it had a different meaning by the time I was done writing it. But uh, in a nutshell, and you'll get to read the full the full nutshell once you read the book, but I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, as you know, back in 2007, uh, ulcerative colitis. And spent so many years on debilitating medications. Things were not getting better, even with those medications. And I finally found that food could manage my symptoms, not cure the disease because it is an incurable disease, but that it was able to let me live my life again, have children, enjoy the things that I was really passionate about, like hosting and showing my heart through food, which is just what I grew up knowing and and seeing modeled to me by, you know, my grandma and my mom. And um, so food gave me all of that back and, and changing my diet pretty radically is what gave me that. Yeah. People that are listening to us right now, thousands of people that most of them have some sort of autoimmune issue, have some sort of inflammatory problem at different points of their journey, right? And you've been through it all. So can we go back to, and obviously, like you mentioned, you talk about this at length in the book, your own personal journey, but for today's conversation, can you go through those early days when you hear the news and you're kind of, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. What advice would you give to somebody in those early days after being diagnosed? Oh my, it's so hard. And I don't think I realized just how much grieving I went through after being diagnosed, how much uncertainty, frustration, loss of faith. I mean, so many different things until I sat down to write this book. And as I wrote it, I just wanted to be as honest as possible with all of those emotions, because I think it's very common for people to feel. And I don't think it's talked about that often, especially with autoimmune diseases, because you can look pretty normal to the eye of a, of just like a friend or a passerby, but inside you can be, you know, suffering really deeply. And so, yeah, it was very frightening. Um, at that time I was 22 years old, my husband, my high school sweetheart, and I had literally just gotten married like eight weeks before I ended up in the hospital. And then it was just really confusing because I finally, after seeing multiple doctors and having tons of tests done, got this diagnosis, but I didn't feel like I left that hospital with much more than a two word 
name of this diagnosis. You know, it was like, you have ulcerative colitis. And that was kind of it. Oh, they told me it was incurable. (laughs) So that was good. And then they told me that I could live a normal life with the medications. So I just kind of walked out of there. I feel like feeling a little more confused even than when I went in Um, and realized pretty quickly that you have to do your own research. You have to be your own advocate. You have to ask questions, you know, and and, in a lot of people, they're just so deer in headlights when they receive that kind of a diagnosis. And especially when you're fresh out of college, you know, you don't know a whole lot. Sorry to any fresh out of college people listening because I'm 36 now. And I look back and think like, oh, wow, I thought I knew a lot back then. Um, But you just don't really know what to ask. You know, you don't, you're not a doctor. You don't know what kind of questions to ask them to get more information or to question even the medications that they're writing. So yeah, it was very frustrating, frightening, all of all of the emotions I feel like rolled into one. Today's program is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage. With so many stressors in life, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits sometimes and give our body the nutrients it needs to truly thrive. Our busy schedules, poor sleep, exercise, the environment, stress, or simply not eating enough of the right foods can leave us deficient in key nutrients. This is where Athletic Greens can help us. It is a life-changing nutritional habit. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional essential. It is by far the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit that you can add to your daily routine today and empower towards better habits. They simplify the logistics of getting optimal nutrition on a daily basis by giving you just one thing with all the best things. I need something very convenient (laughs) in between consulting patients, something easy, quick, nutrient-dense. That's why I love Athletic Greens because just one tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multi-mineral, probiotic, a green superfood blend, and more that all work synergistically to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increasing your energy and focus, aiding with digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products or pills. While most nutritional products come to market and stay stagnant, what I love about Athletic Greens is that they continue to obsessively improve this one holistic formula based on the latest research in the scientific literature, producing 53 improvements over the last decade and counting. They invest in the most bioavailable, absorbable, and natural sources of each ingredient and go above and beyond in third-party testing to ensure their customers continue to receive the highest quality and best daily nutritional habit on the planet. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, it's gluten-free too, and it contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on taste. And right now, they're offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. What the heck? Vitamin D is so important, and you get the nutrient-dense, very tasty, five free travel packs of Athletic Greens as well. So whether you're looking for peak performance or better health, covering your bases with Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immune system, and your gut health each day super simple, tasty, and efficient. Simply visit athleticgreens.com 
slash Will Cole and join health experts like myself, athletes, and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash Will Cole and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. Heal at home or on the go with Higher Dose's portable infrared sauna blanket. Experience the powerful benefits of infrared and feel the difference after just one session. Infrared increases blood flow for faster recovery, better sleep, and a calmer central nervous system. Plus, it naturally releases a dose of happy chemicals in the brain, leaving you euphoric. The sauna blanket has an amethyst layer to deepen benefits of infrared, a tourmaline layer that generates negative ions, our charcoal layer to bind to pollutants, and a clay layer, which is balancing for the heat. If you don't have the budget or the room for a full-size sauna, this sauna blanket is a game changer. For those of you who want to experience the benefits of infrared without the heat, they also have a really cool infrared PEMF mat that comes in two sizes. It combines the dual technology of infrared with PEMF, for an unbelievable recharging experience. I honestly love both of these things and have them both and love them both. PEMF stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field. And it works by sending electromagnetic waves through your body at different frequencies to help promote your body's own recovery process. You will feel relaxed, regrounded, and rebalanced. These mats are built with a thick layer of 100% natural purple amethyst crystals in mesh fabric tubes across the entire mat. The smaller mat fits comfortably in an office chair so you can recharge while working, while the regular size mat is great for stretching, doing yoga, meditating, or even just chilling and watching TV. Get your own infrared sauna blanket or infrared PEMF mat or both at higherdose.com today and use my exclusive promo code WILL75 at checkout to save $75. That's higherdose.com exclusive promo code WILL75 or just go to higherdose.com slash will to get your $75 off today. Have you ever found weird things in a vagina? Have you found yourself needing multiple partners to fulfill your desires? Hey guys, I'm Dr. Jacqueline Walters, a board-certified OBGYN. It is so important that we know how and when to ask the right questions, whether you're in front of your doctor or just hanging out with your good girlfriends. Now, I wanted to create Dr. Jackie's point of view because sometimes you need to just hear the unfiltered good old Dr. Jackie. I will inspire, uplift, and educate women and men on the who, what, when, and where of things we balance daily. Make sure you subscribe to Dr. Jackie's Point of View and tune in every Thursday. How long did it take you after the diagnosis, you had being hit with that amount of information before you found out about how food could impact your health? Yeah, uh, gosh. I want to say probably till when I really started trying different, different ways of eating, I would say about three years, I learned about gut health and the microbiome in Uganda of all places. And that was probably like seven to nine months after my diagnosis, but it didn't all really register until 
years afterwards. But when I actually, and again, this is kind of the fun part of getting to sit down and write your kind of life story, but I was able to really see all of these different things that I feel like God put in my path to teach me about how to best take care of my body. And it just is a little bit crazy that it took me flying all the way to Africa and being in a hospital in Uganda to start to learn about that. But yeah, it was, it was quite a few years. Um, and it, and then, you know, a long journey of nobody told me what to do. Right. So I didn't get a prescription from a doctor of how to eat. All of my doctors said that food wouldn't make a difference. So for me, it was all like late, late night researching and reading online and then just trial and error, just like trying different things and listening to my body's feedback until I finally figured it out. Mm. All right. I, I didn't realize you spent time in Uganda. My wife, Amber, used to live <laughs> in Uganda as well. She used to live in Kampala. I worked in an orphanage there. I didn't realize oh you spent time there. Um, I didn't really spend time there. I flew there and went into the hospital the night after. And wow. if she actually... I'm. I would not be surprised if she is not familiar with the hospital and the doctor that I was with because I was in Kampala. I was there for, I want to say 10 days in the hospital and then essentially medevaced back to the United States in a, in a, in an essence, um, it's all in the book and yeah. So no, I didn't get to spend the time there that I was hoping we were supposed to be there, I think for three weeks or so. Um, and I had to leave, which is very sad. So yeah, we'll yeah. have to, I'll have to talk to her about that. Yeah. What year was that, that she lived there? Late, late nineties, early two thousands. Okay. So yeah. So I was there in 2008. So she okay. might've already been, already been yeah. gone, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So this the diet evolution that you've been through and, and the, the initial change, I'm curious to, to see over those years, how has your diet, how mm. has the food as medicine changed over the years for you? Yeah, it is. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm still constantly learning new things and I feel like new research comes out or I, you know, get to read a new book or I learn something new about my body. So it's constantly changing, but it, it started just with me trying to go off of like refined processed foods. You know, it was like, okay, no white sugar and white flour and bleached bread and all of that kind of stuff. Um, well, not bleached bread, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then I went gluten-free and, you know, so it was just this kind of slow evolution. I finally ended up working with a naturopathic doctor here in the Bay area. And we did an elimination diet. And at that point, everything that we eliminated looked very similar to kind of like an autoimmune paleo protocol. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're talking 2010 at this point. So, I mean, that wasn't really a thing at that, at that point. That was just literally like what came back on my food sensitivity tests and what things she said to cut that were, you know, inherently inflammatory. And so um, at that point, we cut <laughs> a, a litany of things, but grains, dairy, legumes, uh, nightshades, nuts and seeds. Obviously, I was already off of processed sugars. I had done the uh, SCD and GAPS diet before that. So okay. I had some familiarity with some of that, but it was even more <laughs> restricted uh, at that point. But after doing that elimination diet with her, I went into her office with terrible... I mean, I'd just gotten out of the hospital with a UC flare. I 
was in very, very bad shape. And within 48 hours of doing that elimination diet, my symptoms decreased by like 75%. It was pretty incredible. So from that point on, I would say that I have been paleo. There's been a lot of things that I've learned along the way about like the importance of, you know, fermented foods and bone broth. And, um, when I'm flaring, knowing that like, I can't tolerate raw vegetables and fruits and, you know, there's lots of things. I also was off a dairy completely for years and I've been able to do some like goat and sheep's milk thing. So it's kind of an ever changing, always evolving thing for me. Yeah, certainly. I I see that with patients as well. It's constantly evolving and based on labs and progress and other things going on in your life beyond food. Right, right. There's a lot. There's a lot of other (laughs) things. (laughs) There are. So what do you say to somebody that's feeling they're in the initial stages of changing the foods that they eat and they feel like they feel isolated. They feel restricted. They feel like, how can I live my life? How can I go out with my friends? That's a quite a, um, an emotional, mental, emotional process that people have to go through. What would you absolutely give somebody there? Yeah, my gosh, it's an, it's an emotional and there's, there are a lot, there's a lot of emotions tied to food. There's a lot of traditions. There's a lot of, you know, nostalgia. Um, and so you're grieving already this diagnosis and then you're now grieving these foods. And so I think the, the biggest advice that I have to give is to focus on why you love those foods, right? You know, I mean, yeah, they taste good, but that's not usually why we have such like a full body experience when we eat foods. It's because it reminds us of something or it's tied to a holiday or it's something that, you know, was special that was passed down from our grandmothers. And so I always say to try to focus on on the why of the food, and then you can substitute it with something else. Like you can still have, you know, Thanksgiving, which is Thanksgiving is amazing because it reminds us of gathering with our loved ones, our family, or our friends around a table and all contributing and having this communal meal. Right. And so while we do love the traditional foods, like those things can be substituted with healthier alternatives and you can still have those memories and those traditions intact. There's actually the opening story to Food Saved Me is about my very first Thanksgiving, switching my diet and my first attempt at making mashed cauliflower, (laughs) which was promised to me on the internet as being a really great mashed potato substitute. And, you know, let's be honest, it's not exactly an even sub. Um, And so I talk about those feelings of feeling like I was the only one at the table, like not getting to participate in the meal and in the tradition of it. And, and I really talk about that through kind of the whole way through the book. And that was really the driving force of me starting my blog and of starting to create all of the recipes that I taught myself how to cook because I felt those feelings really deeply. And I really wanted to make sure that I still got to enjoy and do all the things that I had planned for my life. I mean, I was 22 and a newlywed, right? So you've got a lot of ideals in your head at that point, and you've got your whole life ahead of you that, that at least with my personality type, I had envisioned and planned out. And so I recreate all of those things so that I don't have to miss out. Yeah. And I think you have, there's a, a book out there, uh, Celebrations, right? That people can go yeah. through these holidays. I mean, that's probably why you created that book. Is that exactly seminal moments throughout our year, holidays, celebrations. Right, right. I, I yeah. love that book. It's a great resource. Thank you. Yeah, that was the number one thing that, I felt, but that I also felt like I was hearing from people, you know, I mean, we can make do 
weeknights. Like we can make ourselves some protein and veggies and just kind of just do deal with it. But it is, it's those, it's those times throughout the year when you're going out to eat, when you're having people over, when you're used to, you know, gathering and having these particular meals that you start to really feel that set in. And so Mm -hmm. when I wrote celebrations, there's 12 chapters and it's everything from holidays to, like you said, just like birthdays, you know, baby showers. And I realized I'm like, there's actually one time a month during the, the during the calendar year that is a pretty big, you know, food kind of celebratory holiday. And that's a lot of time to feel like you're missing out on things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, and I think the other, you know, you asked what my biggest advice would be, but is to look at this way of eating as a lifestyle and not a diet. It's not a 30 day, you know, program that you're going to go through. And then you're just going to be able to go back to the way you ate. This for me is, has been this now for a decade and, and it's just my lifestyle now it's, it's, it's my life and it's, you know, it's all as one. And I think that's so important to look at it that way because it has to be sustainable. Yeah. When you're in the throes of a flare up, especially in the early days, when you feel so disillusioned, yeah, you, you mentioned that it really was a, a trial of your faith as well. I'm, I'm, right. I know a lot of my patients have gone through that. Why me? It's so unfair. Like looking at everybody else being able to do all the things and you can't get away with anything and yeah. nothing makes sense. What did that look like for you? What was that moment like for you? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a moment. It's like a, it's a lifetime of feelings that are again, like, like the food I eat kind of ever evolving. Um, and this book actually gave me a chance to get to talk a little bit about that. My faith is important to me and has been for really my whole life, but it was the first time that it was really kind of tested was when I got diagnosed. And I don't think it matters who or what you believe in. Like you've, you know, your, your faith can be tested when you get this type of a diagnosis and it's really hard to reconcile and to reason with that. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I will ever know, you know, for sure the, the why me, but I do know that everything that I've gone through has put me where I am today. And I've been Mm -hmm. able thankfully to see this massive blessing of getting to help millions of people that are going through a similar, you know, situation. And I always tell my 11 year old, my son, I'm like, you know, you may not get to do what I've gotten to do with my hardships. That is not that often, you know, and I'm just so thankful that I've gotten to write these books and I've gotten to, to use it for such a greater good. But even if he, you know, goes through something difficult, I tell him, I'm like, even if you can help one person that you love, like Mm -hmm. for instance, we have a a really good friend who's been in the hospital for, well, she just got out, but she was in the hospital for over a month. And her son is my son's, one of his best friends. And I just said, you know what it's like to have your mom in the hospital for weeks, you know, and to be scared about her life and her health. And like, he probably doesn't know anybody else that's been through that. And so you Mm -hmm. can be that friend to him. And so that's kind of the way that I just try to look at it all. And, And if anybody that's listening, that's going through that diagnosis, you know, even if you can try to help one other person feel less alone and, you know, be their support system, then I think that can help your faith just in seeing the outcome of it and the why, you know, I mean, it doesn't make it any easier (laughs) by any means, Um, but it gives it some purpose. And I think that that's what we need to do with our, our hardships, you know, I mean, is just try to turn them into something that's purposeful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said. What do you do? And I remember being with you in park city a few years ago and, and, and all and this is anybody in the autoimmune world. This isn't just you. I mean, this is anybody that's on this journey that has seen amazing things happen from changing their lifestyle and leaning into these things that you talk so eloquently about. 
what happens when you're doing all the things and maybe it's stress, maybe it's traveling a lot, maybe it's something completely inexplicable. You don't know what the cause of it, but when you see a flare up happening and you were very public about this as well, which take people through that when they're doing all the things and they feel defeated because what the heck, how is this coming back in some way? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I ended up adding, I think five extra chapters to food saved me that were not planned because of that 2019 massive setback. And I was on the phone with you. I was like, I, you know, I was tapping into every resource they possibly could. And I was very defeated and very frustrated. I say that, you know, those chapters, I went through massive imposter syndrome, which I feel like obviously like this is my message and I'm out there publicly, you know, talking about it. So I'm sure I felt it even more, but I think I realized in the response from other people that they feel the same way. And I ended up going on a a pretty heavy duty medication to save my life in the hospital. And that was really difficult for me to stomach, no pun intended. Um, (laughs) just because I had spent a decade, you know, out of the hospital, I'd spent a decade really managing the symptoms with food. It wasn't perfect. And I still had, you know, bumps and setbacks. And I go through all of those and everything I learned from those in the book, but it's really difficult to not beat up on ourselves. And Mm -hmm. one thing that I learned, and I think what I'm really grateful for to be able to have included in food saved me. And that's kind of why I said the title took on a little bit of a different meaning. And the, the theme of the book even ended up changing a bit because before that hospitalization, I would have said, you know, food has kept me out of the hospital. Food has saved me. And I still believe that wholeheartedly, but I also realized in that season that there's so much more than food, that our bodies are so multifaceted and that stress and, you know, travel and unforeseen things like getting a virus or, you know, for me, postpartum, I had, you know, the worst flare ups. I had C-sections, I had antibiotics. There's a lot that we can't control. So I realized actually how important it is because we can control our food and there's a lot of factors we can't control. And so mm-hmm. they all do work together. But I think, yeah, it's uh, if I guess the only thing I can say is I understand and hear the frustration of people that are having setbacks or that feel like they're trying to do everything right. And, you know, things, things still happen. I think the autoimmune journey is just that it's a journey. It's a, Mm -hmm. it's a long road that's going to have dips and it's going to have, you know, the the climbs. And I think you just kind of have to prepare yourself for that and know that Mm -hmm. if you do have a setback that you're, you can learn from it and you can come out stronger and feel like you have, Mm -hmm. you know, more knowledge when you come out for the next time that it might happen. Yeah. Well said. Something that I know that you've gone through personally and many people in the community, every human being goes through <laughs> traumatic loss in their life in different ways. Right. And you have been very public about your loss of your baby. Yeah. Do you share that in the book? I don't know if you share that in the book and help people understand what you went through and maybe how that impacted your health in some way. Yeah. Yeah. We lost our daughter, uh, 45 minutes after birth. Um, we did find out, you know, midway through the pregnancy that there was a chance that she wouldn't make it after birth. And we just tried to have faith that that chance wouldn't be the case, but it unfortunately wasn't. It's a small piece of the book. Um, it's not a, it's not a huge part just because I do, I do write and talk about her. And I really, when I do talk about her story, I want to do it as much justice, justice, excuse me, as possible. And so this book didn't feel like the best avenue for that, but it is in there. Her name is Ayla and she 
came after. So she would have been after my son, Asher. So she would be about seven. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely had a profound impact on my health. Her diagnosis had nothing to do with my health. We had, you know, all the genetic testing done and everything. And it wasn't in relation to that, but the grief and the stress and sometimes not processing that grief, you know, dropping out of counseling and things like that mm-hmm. can flare, can, can flare you up. Um, yeah. I, and I had to realize that the hard way. Um, I used to think that the only thing that would cause a flare up for me would be food or physical stress, you know, like overdoing it with exercise or, or running too hard and, you know, traveling too much and running myself into the ground. But I realized that there's so many different ways that our bodies can be stressed. And some of that is, is spiritual and mental and emotional. And so, yeah, it could, it definitely had an impact on my health and it made me realize that I really have to talk through things. I have to process the grief when it comes and it still comes in heavy waves seven years later, you know, unexpected heavy waves. And so I realize, you know, when I'm starting to feel it coming on that I need to either, you know, journal or meet with therapist or talk with my husband, because if I just keep it all in and my body feels that. Yeah. And I think it's important that we are talking about these things because food is such a massive modulator, right? but it's not the only modulator of our health. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. Rituals clean, Vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. What you won't find in Ritual is sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants. None of that stuff. Plus, there's a fresh taste with Ritual and delayed-release capsule design that makes taking your vitamins very easy. The foods that we eat are definitely not as nutrient dense as they used to be. That's why I love supplementing my food as medicine with a multivitamin to really get all the nutrients that we may be missing from our meals. Ritual is the multivitamin reimagined. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients in forms your body can actually use to fill the gaps in the diet. No shady extras. Ritual's delayed release capsule design delivers high quality nutrients, including vitamin D3 in just two daily pills. And what I also love about Ritual is it's made traceable. You'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from. Thanks to Ritual's one of a kind visible supply chain. Another thing that I really love about Ritual is that it's designed with your life stage in mind. They now have available options for women, men, and teens Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different life stages. And Ritual makes healthy habits very easy. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual your first month, they'll refund your first order. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Will Cole to start your ritual today. I have an important question for you. Do you wish to have better sex? Now that I got your attention. Foria creates all natural formulas that support women so they can experience deeper intimacy and sexual pleasure. In the past, we've been limited in how we talk about the mind-body connection 
in relation to health and wellness. Sex and pleasure are major factors when it comes to our overall well-being. And there's science to prove it. Orgasms have been shown to boost your mood, reduce stress, support your sleep quality, and even benefit your immune system. When it comes to our bodies, what's good for nature is good for us. Foria's formulas are made with 100% organic, all-natural, sustainably grown ingredients to give people what we need to fully embody our most sensual selves, the way nature intended. Let's hear about how other people are talking about what Foria has going on. Someone says, bringing sexy back. I love this product. They said being menopausal and all the discomforts that come with it made sexual intimacy uncomfortable. This product has taken the discomfort away and has brought the sexy back into the bedroom again. And I look forward to making love again. This product is great. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash or use code willcole at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash Will Cole for 20% off your first order. I recommend trying their intimacy oil. Our patients love it. You'll thank me later. How today, I'm, I'm curious, going through what, what you've gone through with your health, going through what you've gone through with a, the loss of Ayla, how has your faith evolved since <laughs> then? What's your relationship with God look like today? TBD. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it really, it's, it's, it is hard. Um, I still have so many questions and I feel like, you know, I'm fighting my way back to rebuilding and, and it's a fully different faith than I had as a young 20 something or even a child, just because, like I said, I, I grew up in a household that, you know, practiced that and kind of just had that blind faith. And it's really nice as a child to not, you know, not have your faith challenged, but yeah, it's, I can see, and I, and actually writing this book was, uh, I think a big impactor and significant factor in that rebuilding of kind of my new faith, I call it, because, When I came out of that hospitalization in 2019, and as I started having to write this book again, I was not in the best place. You know, I was like, I'm, I felt like I was doing what I was called to do. I was sharing this message. I feel like I, you know, was, yeah, I was, I was fulfilling my calling and I felt like I was really doing what God was telling me to do. And I felt like I finally had kind of figured it out. And then I nearly lost my life in in 2019. And I, you know, was away from my kids for weeks. And so I came out of that kind of feeling like, again, the why me, you know, and I was felt like I was just starting to kind of figure out my faith again. And then that was all felt like it was called into question again. But as I wrote, I kind of, like I mentioned at the beginning, I was really able to see the points throughout my whole journey, as difficult as it's been, that I really feel like God was there. Um, and in the moments, it's really hard to see those, you know, for anybody that's going through those really dark, deep times, whether it's sickness or loss or, you know, all the other things that we go through as humans, it's hard to see those bright spots. And even if you do see the bright spots, sometimes it's really hard to associate those with your faith or with God, right? It's kind of like, it's just hard to compartmentalize it all. So getting to really look back and see like, 
I was in Uganda and I first learned about the microbiome from a doctor, you know, like across the world and how that has played into things and just the other little spots, you know, obviously getting to write these cookbooks and reading, rereading, you know, notes from people that had sent in that their health has changed and just seeing like, okay, you didn't desert me, God, like you were with me through those really hard times and you didn't keep me from going through those hard times, but you also never promised that you're going to keep us, you know, from anything bad. So that's kind of where I'm at <laughs> right now. Yeah. Again, it's like, ask me again in a year. Cause I'm still, yeah. I'm still working <laughs> on right. it. I'm still working on it. <laughs> I mean, that's beautiful and real and everything that people that are in this space or somewhere on this journey that need to hear. Yeah. That TBD. Yeah. <laughs> Day to time. <laughs> That'll be a quote. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be on the Instagram. The yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> quote, quote, quote card. Uh, all right. So now it's time on uh, the podcast. It's called The Art of Being Well. We talk about the science, the art of wellness, yeah. something that we've talked all throughout this conversation. And this part of the show, I, I've been lovingly calling it Your Art of Being Well. Danielle Walker's mm. Art of Being Well. I want people to learn of your favorite things and all things wellness. Are you up for this? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So let's talk about food first. So yep. if you could only choose one food purely on nutrient density and, and survival, if you were stuck mm -hmm. on an Island, what would that food be? Oh gosh. I was going to go for something that was like culinary, like, like, like a great culinary ingredient, but that if it's survival and I only have one thing, I would probably pick bone broth. I mean, it has like sustained me over the years when I'm not feeling well. So while I would love to make like an actual great soup out of it, if I could only pick one thing and I feel like even that's a cheat because that's like bones and water and well, vegetables and, you know, all of that. But yeah, I would pick bone broth. I, I like it. Well, <laughs> what's your favorite broth? Chicken, beef? What's your, chicken, what's okay. chicken. Although I go through, well, so it's funny because I, I did like all beef broth during that last really bad flare up. And right now, like even the smell of it still a year and a half or two years later, I still yeah. kind of can't handle. So yeah, chicken, I feel like it's just like, it's a good entry. That's like a good gateway broth. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what's your favorite way to make it? People, I'm sure you have amazing recipes. If you yeah. do, how do people find it online? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like it's a pretty, like any, it's a universal recipe, but um, I do mine in the instant pot now. And I'm like, you could, you could speak into this way more than I could. But after my last flare up, I found that slow cooked bone broths. I was having some trouble with, I never seemed to have a histamine intolerance in the past, but one of my doctors that I was working with suggested that I go back to the instant pot version and that there's less, there's less histamines in there, I guess. So, um, I do instant pot and I just save up bones in my freezer. Anytime we do like roasted chickens, you know, anything like that. And then of course, filtered water and all the vegetables and scraps that I have laying in my fridge. And then it really depends. So I've, again, in that kind of same vein of listening to your body, there's times when like my body does not like onions and garlic. Again, it's like, there's all these little things that I feel like I take from different ways of eating. Um, I don't really eat low FODMAP in general, but obviously those two things, you know, could be culprits. So, mm -hmm. um, if I'm doing well, I love onions and garlic in it. Cause it just adds so much flavor, but otherwise I just keep it simple with just like some carrots and celery and kind of yeah, bay leaf maybe. <laughs> love it. All right. Completely opposite. Now, if you could only eat one food for, for the rest of your life, regardless of health, purely on taste. <laughs> Let's get real, Danielle Walker. What is it? <laughs> oh my gosh. One food for the rest of my life. And it could be a meal. It could be a, I mean. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say donuts at first because like a real actual fried donut with frosting is something that I've missed for like a decade. But I would probably say my grandma's spaghetti sauce and some, I mean, noodles, but I could do brown rice noodles at this point because I don't really care about the difference. But but actual noodles, not like spaghetti squash, like, yeah. but like a great, yeah. Or a lasagna. Oh, that's a lot. I can't, I'm like, I can't pick. <laughs> let's talk about donuts real fast because that's my answer oftentimes is like there are some decent gluten-free donuts out there which yeah you know i was like i've created lots of donut recipes nothing compares to that like stretchy airy yeah fried donut yeah you're more of like the fluffy like this this the fluffy glazed donut not the cake glaze right right yeah so you can make a cake donut grain-free easy peasy like those can be very similar in texture i've made a bunch of them but it's the real fried like yeasted i think are they yeasted sometimes maybe um yeah like the like you know like you go to the donut shop like i used to go with my grandparents yes like the box the dozen (laughs) i mean yeah those i feel like they have like a special kind of again like you know they've got a memory tied to them that's like my grandparents used to take me to the mall and we'd get to pick one out or every single sunday at church like my corner you know into the into the basket to get my (laughs) my donut so yeah that's one thing that i've missed (laughs) because nothing has taking care of your temple like a big fluffy glazed donut i know but that's like saved up my money you know every week (laughs) that church culture with food is a whole completely different topic we won't go sure is yeah (laughs) no it is that's a that's a touchy one (laughs) all right let's talk about what are two supplements that have been the biggest game changer for you oh okay um a pro like a very good probiotic i think with, especially with UC, I just feel like no matter how many fermented foods that I eat, that's just, it's never going to be enough. And then I would say, oh my gosh, I always blank on the name, uh, butyrate, I would say for, for UC specifically. Um, yeah, I feel like it makes a pretty significant difference just in my kind of overall gut health. Mm -hmm. Um, gosh, there's so many that I take, but those, those two, I think. Yeah. I love it. I do. I take the body bio butyrate. I don't know which one you take, but yeah, I, I, that's I don't been even helpful know. too. Yeah. Anyway, it's a short. You know, I had a doctor tell me to put it in the freezer. Is that something that you do for your patients? No. Apparently, it like because it like can get down to where it needs to get a little bit better if it's frozen, and it takes like an hour or something to thaw out. I was like, huh. So I started doing that. I don't well, know. It makes sense. It makes <laughs> sense. You survive the, the yeah yeah. I get that. Survive the journey. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right. So, what is one the latest maybe non food non supplement maybe a biohack or wellness tool mm. that you're really into? Oh, I'd like to say, I mean, there's so many I can think of. I'm, I'm not the best at actually sticking to these. I always try, but I've got three kids and a full-time job. So I like do my best Two that come to mind. You would keep asking me for one, but I'm an indecisive person. Um, the first one would be mindfulness. I kind of, I tried to do something called, um, DNRS recently, yeah. which I feel like there's lots of different ways to do it. That's one particular program, but dynamic neural retraining system, system or something yeah. like that. And, and um, but especially, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's lots of different ways you can work with, you know, therapists and, and do it personally. I went through her program just because it was during the pandemic and I had kids at home and I was like, I got to just do this personally. Um, but I have, I still do. I have a lot of PTSD coming out of that bad flare up in 2019. And I think a lot of people with health issues can relate. And then obviously also losing my daughter. Um, and so just 
working on when you do feel the traumatic kind of feelings coming back of taking a moment to feel them and breathe through them, but then trying to, you know, change them with a positive, happy thought. I kind of joke that it's like the Tinkerbell Peter Pan method. It's like think happy thoughts and then pixie dust. (laughs) It's not that easy, but, um, but it did, it helped me work through some like scent issues that were bringing back you know, difficult memories. Um, and then just, just taking time really more than anything of just to like kind of ground myself to breathe, to think, to get out of like the chaos, but it's tough because when you've got kids running around, that's not an easy thing to like nope. find some silence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that would be the biggest one, I think. And DNR, it takes time to DNRS. Yeah. There's a lot of commitment and I've seen yes. great success with it too, with patients, but Takes time. Yeah, I I haven't gotten through it all yet. I just try to do small practices. I know I think they say like an hour a day. And I'm like, I don't have an hour to myself yeah. a day. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. What's one wellness myth or misconception or narrative that you would like to dispel once and for all? Oh my gosh. Um, oh, this is I'm like, I don't feel like this is gonna be popular, but the celery juice can fix all. I'm sure you probably get that one a lot. Oh yeah. What's your thoughts on celery juice? Every day, every day, Uh, every day. I'm sure that it's, I'm sure it's great for your body, but it's the, it's frustrating as somebody who's been ill and and like, I'm out, I'm out there publicly. So of course I get lots of well, you know, meaning people and and well wishes, but I mean, I'm like nearly dying in the hospital and I can't tell you how many people I get that are like, you should just start drinking celery juice. And I'm like, I'm sure it could be a great tool, but it's not going to like, it's not a cure all. Um, So yeah, Yeah. that's probably the one that, that it it bothers me. That's a good one. Do a little more research. Yeah, that's a good one. It's, (laughs) I get it. I, 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 it's every day I get asked that question and I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure it's like, it's not harmful, but it's just a little, yeah. there's a little too much faith in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a celery juice, little cult that's going on yes. but with yes. good intentions. Like you yeah, said, Yeah, exactly. Good yeah. intentions. Yep. Yeah. All right. What is, what's one wellness brand? It could be a food. It could be a snack. It could be a product that you're really loving lately. Well, I, gosh, I don't know. I started doing the higher dose, uh, like sleeping bag. Okay. I don't, like a sauna I don't, blanket? Yes. Uh, like an infrared. I don't know much about the science or if that's just a trend, but I actually enjoy just getting in there and kind of tuning out. That's kind of like what I've been trying, you know, trying to take that time to just like be silent and you're kind of like strapped in. So you can't really move. No, Um, They're great. They're great. I have one. I have one. I sweat. It's sweating's good. It's a great, if you don't have a lot of space, I love this on a blanket. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's, that's one thing I was going to say beauty counter stuff just because I like, Oh, we'll get to that. I have a question for you on that too. We'll save that that one. All right. What is one mindfulness tool or spiritual practice that has been a game changer for you on your healing journey? I think aside from the the things we just talked about, um, and I don't know if I would even say it's mindfulness necessarily, but keeping a food symptom journal, I was super, super opposed to it. Yeah. In my early years, because it just felt so like crushing and restrictive to, you know, be like taking note of everything. And yeah. once I changed the mentality of it, of like, this isn't because I'm, you know, trying to like control myself or anything like that. It was like, no, I can't remember every single thing that I put in my mouth during the yeah. day. 
especially as like a new mom, you know, you just kind of just, you just munch on things as you can. And so it was really hard for me to see, okay, well, I'm not feeling well today. So, you know, what did I eat yesterday? And then I'm like racking my brain. So when I finally gave in and like, just started very briefly recording, you know, I had this, 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 and this. And on Tuesday, Mm -hmm. I felt this, 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 and this, and then being able to look at like a full week and say, well, I ate the same thing on, you know, Monday of this week and Tuesday of that week. And I felt this symptom, you know, Mm -hmm. the following day. That was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you can call that mindfulness. It's a little different yeah. than what people think of, but yeah, that was a game changer. I complete. That's how I describe it to patients. I said, see this yeah. as a mindfulness practice, as an awareness tool, not as some sort of restrictive, obsessive thing. I, I in right. the modern right. world, it's needed for that purpose. And then yeah. once you have a season of your life where things have a rhythm calm down, then you don't, you could drop it. Totally. Yep. Yep. And you can start to kind of, yeah, like understand and kind of see it. But yeah, it's when you're in it, when you're in that, that like deep place, it's really helpful to just get it all out. Yeah, for sure. All right. So now we're at the skincare part. What is one skincare product? It could be beauty counter, but what's it like a specific beauty counter thing that if you could only use one product, we can go to two, if you prefer two (laughs) that you, that you couldn't live without. I'm going to, I'm going to limit it to one for you this time. There's a a vitamin C like serum that I've been using all summer that I feel like has really been like skin saving for me because I live in California. So we're out in the sun nonstop. Um, I've also had two basal cell carcinomas in my life. So sunscreen, but, um, that, that I just love to be able to put it on. And I've tried to really be thoughtful about the things that I'm putting on you know, my body as not just in the food has been my focus for so many years, but yeah, that's over the last few years, that's been a, a, a big priority of mine. Perfect. All right. Last but not least, what is one book that you've read in the last year that has really inspired you? It doesn't have to be health. It could be anything. Cool. I've read so many books, but most of them are like novels. <laughs> <laughs> that's that okay. That's okay. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I would say it inspired me, but I loved, I read the nightingale. It's just like, I've been very into that kind of like historical fiction lately. I Um, love historical fiction. Where was this based out of what time in history? It was in German occupied France during world war two. It's a really good book. Um, I don't know if I'd say it inspired me other than like the, the two female kind of lead characters are just really strong. And, um, so yeah, so I guess I could say that that inspired me. It's just so well, so well written. That's a great book. Yeah. And people, a lot of people, I said last but not least, but something else came to mind. (laughs) It's okay if you don't know this, but a lot of people that listen to the podcast are really into the Enneagram. Do Do you know what Enneagram you are? (laughs) I always joke. I don't technically, I'm pretty sure I'm a three. Okay, I can see. Um, I have like one of my best friends is very into Enneagram. She actually she's a podcaster, and and I always am like I always laugh because she knows everything about every type, and I'm always like I don't really know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm a three. Um, I have some two. I have lots of two tendencies as a as a mother, and definitely like putting people before myself. But I think I'm a three. (laughs) All right, got it, Danielle Walker. This has been great. I missed you, and I'm I'm I missed you connecting again. Yeah. We'll get back to, I know I always say I'm like our jobs, quote unquote, are pretty fun getting to go to like retreats, like the whole 30 retreat and mind, body green. And we get to just all like hang out and be with people who are like-minded and we always have the best conversation. So I'm hoping that we all get to get back there at some point. It's definitely one of my favorite parts of our jobs. For sure. For (laughs) sure. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It was good to see you. Likewise.
If you want to learn more about Danielle Walker's amazing work, you can check it all out at daniellewalker.com and be sure to pick up a copy of her brand new book, Food Saved Me, My Journey of Finding Health and Hope Through the Power of Food. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Thomas. Thomas asks, Hi, Dr. Cole, if you could only pick one lab to run, what would that lab be? That's a very interesting question, Thomas. You all know that I love data. I'm a super nerd. I put all the labs on spreadsheets and track the data over time with my patients. And it's my love language. If It's the sixth love language. If there was one, it would be labs for me. But anyways, if I had to pick one lab, let me preface this with, if you've been following me for a while, you know that I'm going to say this caveat. It depends on the person and someone's like top lab for one person isn't necessarily the top lab for the next person and that the health history really informs the lab. But for the sake of this, ask me anything. If I had to pick one for most people, I would say glucose, blood sugar. And it's not as sexy as some of the other labs that we run or, you know, the compelling newness of it or the recent research of it. It's just solid core data that is very helpful for people to understand where their blood sugar is at. So one of the things that we track is fasting glucose, looking at A1C, and which is the two to three month average of their blood sugar. So fasting glucose in functional medicine, I want it to be under 90 and A1C under 5.4. Uh, so looking at glucose is definitely probably if I had to pick one, I had to be the most helpful for most people. It's making sure blood sugar balance and making sure looking at your levels whenever you eat food, how does that food impact your blood sugar? How does stress and sleep impact your blood sugar? The different things that we do in our life, food and stress and sleep and other things that we do in our life, we all are different. And that's bioindividuality. That's the heart of functional medicine. And how those different things impact your blood sugar is very helpful for me on a functional medicine side of things when I'm clinically monitoring somebody, but it's also very helpful for the person to understand their bioindividuality, understanding their body and how it responds to things like food and sleep and stress and fasting. And so in addition to the bigger snapshots that I'm running for patients, like their fasting glucose or the A1C, another thing that I like to look at for patients is continuous glucose monitors for CGM and looking at the day-to-day snapshots in real-time data and how things like food and stress and sleep and fasting impact their blood sugar or their glucose. So some CGMs that are out there for people to track and you wear them on your arm, they're typically attached to a phone app. So you can be seeing in real-time how the way that you live your life, how does that impact blood sugar? Is your blood sugar staying balanced and stable? Or are you seeing lots of 
a, a blood sugar roller coaster, if you will, a lot of dysglycemia, a, a lot of volatility in your blood sugar balance throughout the day. That's what you don't want. You want a steady uh, blood sugar balance throughout the day. So two that I like is Levels, which is a great direct-to-consumer one, and Freestyle Libre is great as well. Those are the two most popular, I would say, CGMs or continuous glucose monitors. So if you had to pick one biomarker, I would say glucose for most people. But look, in my world where I'm dealing a lot with different autoimmune issues, people that have different chronic infections, people with chronic fatigue syndrome, digestive problems, in the autoimmune world, I would say, if I, I'm, I'm being picky here now, Thomas, but I would say looking at things that can trigger molecular mimicry things that can trigger autoimmune issues like viruses, other pathogens, mycotoxins or mold toxins. I really love the polyreactivity test, the multiple pathogen test, I should say, from Cyrex Labs. The multiple pathogen test from Cyrex Labs is very helpful in our space to look at, is the immune system flaring up against different pathogens? So in the realm of mycotoxins and viruses and other chronic pathogens that can trigger autoimmune issues, very helpful. That's way beyond one lab. So I know I'm not, I'm, I'm taking your question with great liberty here, Thomas, but I can't just pick just one. I guess that's, I'm being too, uh, too greedy here with my lab, my lab loving. But thanks for the question, Thomas. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.